Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Folks, it's doing it's doing great. You know, I'm not going to lie to everyone out there. Um, your boy is in Boston. That's why, for everyone watching on YouTube, um, you know, the background's a little different. I'm in a hotel. I'm in Boston. I'm here for the NBA Finals, folks. Um, so life is, life is perfect. Life is incredible. Now I get to talk to Metcalf while all of this is going on. Like, you know... I'm just on the rise. No ceilings is on the rise. Basketball is on the rise. Life is on the rise. Matt Kev, how are you doing? Try to compete I, I, with that intro. No, I, I, I'm great, but I, I want to hear more about Boston. How, how was game three? How was the atmosphere? How was your obviously non-biased uh, attending? How, how did it all go? Describe the night. So, you know, yeah, for everyone listening, you know, no ceilings is my number one and the whole team is my number one. Um, but my, my side hustle, my other job that pays the bills asked me um, last week if I wanted to go to Boston to cover game three and game four, which, you know, I've never really said there's ever a stupid question ever, but that was a stupid question because it was the <laughs> easiest yes of my life. So um, I took a red eye. What was it? Gosh, this week, this last week's been a blur. Took a red eye Tuesday, Tuesday night from Phoenix. Got in at 5 a.m. I can't sleep on planes. So no sleep at all. Um, got here, walked the whole city, went to the garden, was just like looking at the building. It was just, it's been crazy. The The place is buzzing. Um, this arena last night was so loud. I mean, for everyone that listens on TV and you think it's loud there, when you're in the building, I swear it's five times louder. It was just rocking. So um, game is incredible. The, the fans have been ridiculously just passionate and um, I'm excited for game four. It's going to be crazy, but I was most excited to get all this set up and talk more draft with my boy, Tyler Metcalf. We're pumped up folks. So as the game went on, Celtics kind of had a healthy lead for most of us. Yeah. Besides that seven point play, which uh, got things a little interesting. Um, how were you feeling? Were, were you worried at all? Were you kind of freaking out? Were you able to remain unbiased in your professional uh spot well it's just crazy because um you know I, I was born and raised california born and raised like the number one rule of my house was you had to root for the celtics you can root any other team in any other sport but you're a celtics fan so I've, I've been getting larry bird stories since i was a young kid but um my first job in the nba was with the warriors so i it was like kind of like poetic like how could basketball not be poetic with those two teams when Steph started heating up, I was like, oh, my gosh, I've watched this movie way too many times in person, <laughs> like being at the game. So um, it was a heck of a matchup. I- I'm excited to see what happens game four. I, I think that game is going to be Friday night with uh, Boston, you know, folks getting off of work with the weekend. It is going to be rowdy. So, um, yeah, I was nervous a little bit. But, you know, we- we've said this before with no ceilings, with everything that's gone on and how we're trying to cover the NBA, you also got to lose your biases sometimes as a fan. And, and I'm still really, uh, I think the Warriors are going to have a real strong answer game four. We'll see what's going on with Steph. Um, I think he's going to be all right, but getting to be around these players, the final setting, the media, it's been awesome. Um, but enough Metcalf. No one wants to hear about this. We want to talk draft rankings. Like people are like, Hey, we get it. We're not in the playoffs. Let's talk about the lottery. Let's talk about the draft. Two weeks, Metcalf. Yeah. Two weeks. Yep. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're on the home stretch and <sighs> you know, we, we wanted to get a little creative, have a little fun today. And one of my biggest pet peeves with all of the draft rankings and everyone's big boards and you know, their fandom and whatnot on social media is, Oh, this guy's going to be special. Oh, he's a top 10 talent. Oh, he's a lottery talent. And then if you actually tracked all of that, <laughs> everyone would have about 50 people in their lottery and they're only 14 spots. You know, I, I'm I'm sure I'm guilty of it too at times. I try not to be, but the the exaggeration and the hyperbolic nature that we refer to so many of these guys is like, okay, we can't put everyone in the top fourteen. We can't. Not everyone's a lottery guy, and that's okay. You know, there's talent throughout the draft, but just because 
a guy may not be a lottery guy. It's not necessarily a slate. It's the same thing with all NBA stuff or all-star voting. It's like, oh, how did this guy not make the all-star team? Okay, well, who are you taking off? There are only so many spots. You can't just put more and more people in. So this is the oh, the the debut, let's say, of the green room. And fans may be listening and be like, yeah, the green room, the, the, the place that everyone gets drafted to on draft night. Yes, that, that that's that, that's the publicly known green room. This one's a little more exclusive. This one is capped at 14 people. There no more, no less. It's 14. We're going to go through, craft our own green room. If you're listening and you're like, Metcalf, this sounds really familiar. This concept sounds really familiar. You're damn right it does because I'm stealing <laughs> it from Nick Wright, who stole it from Omin El Hassan and Zach Harper. So Copycat League, folks. Copycat League. And copycat pods. Here we go. But there's this boring. There's this MVP superstar club or bar or whatever it is. This is draft. This is important stuff. This is the exclusive of the exclusive. So we're starting with the lottery, the 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 debut of this iconic club, the Green Room. We'll be doing this in the future too. But I think the 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 first three entry entrants to this exclusive club. It's got to be Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Bancaro. They've been the three consensus guys at the top from start to finish. Rucker, do you have any objections? No. I mean, for everyone listening, Metcalf hit us with this idea. And I was like, this has this has the potential to be really fun down the road. Especially like this. We're going to have fun with this episode. But like each year, we're going to even make this a bigger deal, spread it, hype it up. It's going to be hilarious. And, and so I'm excited. Um We'll probably get some funny illustrations either this year or next year, kind of mocking it. But, you know, yeah, Nick Wright had the the, the superstar treatment. We're like, no, let's do the green room. Let's do something about um, the NBA draft. No, those three are, are exactly, um, you know, they're going to be in for sure. It's I have to have a little side vent. It feels just natural now that like I've been at the finals for the last 72 hours all I've wanted to do is talk about the draft and everyone wants to talk about this damn series. And I'm like, Hey, it's exciting. But can we talk about like, what do we think Orlando's going to do? <laughs> like, I need my draft fix. Like I, I'm itching. Come on. So, um, Oh, this feels right. Okay. Um, yeah. Chet, Jabari, Paulo top three. I mean, yeah. Let's, let's not milk it too much. They've been the top three all year. We're all expecting that. Um, in some order, they're going to be the first three selections. Um, Jaden Ivey, we've said, could be the guy that surprises and crashes the party like we've been calling it all year. But I'm still expecting it's going to be one, two, three with those guys. So, yeah, we'll, we'll bring them in the green room. We'll, we'll give them a little VIP table if they want. Yeah, and, and, and these guys have been there all night. They, they're posted up in their own private booths in the back. They, they, they're running the show of this club right yes. now. And, and they have all season long. So, I mean, they're their their stamina is it's really impressive the the the, the, the rate they're going at um but be- before we move on real quick i'd be remiss because uh jonathan gavoni did just recently share out um 11 invites have gone out uh for you know the actual draft night green room and those names are chet jabari paulo ivy keegan shaden aj dyson uh matherin johnny davis and jalen duran um he said probably like five more going out in the next week. I would imagine that number ends up getting closer to 20. So obviously theirs is a little easier to get into. Ours is a little more exclusive, but first three spots are taken up. Um, The next three that I kind of want to jump to are the stars of the big 10 this year, Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, any objections? No, I I think those three might be one of my most exciting, you know, trios in this, uh, in this segment um, because going into the draft, I'm the most fascinated to see where they end up. Like when it comes to their spot, where their next team's going to be um, because they, you know, Ivy, we still think he's got the tools to be a superstar. Yeah. We've got your prodigal son with Johnny Davis. We've got my shining hero with Keegan Murray. And I really do think, you know, here's a hot take for you. Is there a chance that trio could have more successful careers than the other trio? Yeah. So you guys thought I got distracted with the NBA finals and I'm just reloading smoke. Um, so, so this is what happens when you get like four hours of sleep and 
two days. Here. I'm not kidding. I, I, <laughs> I, I think I've got five hours in the last two days. There's a Starbucks right across the street from my hotel and it's way too easy to get to. It's been a, it's been a ride. Um, I feel bad. Like I'm going to get home. My fiance is going to see me. I'm going to probably sleep for like a day. Um, but then, you know, Nathan reminded me I have to get on draft deeper Sunday. So actually I can't do that. I'm just, we're just going to keep rolling with the anarchy. But what do you think, Metcalf? I mean, so I, I, I don't think it's absurd. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, I, I want to frame it more as team success instead of individual success, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, Where yes. I, I think the individual accolades with all-star games, MVPs, all NBA, all defense, whatever, are more likely with Paolo, Chet, Jabari. But, you know, with these guys that fall a couple spots, maybe their situation's a little better. Maybe there's already, you know, a young star or two in place that they get to grow with and really develop and take that team to a next level. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, I, I, yes, obviously wins are a team stat or whatever, but like when we look at playoff success or, um, you know, conference titles or any of that, it wouldn't shock me if Ivy Keegan and Johnny end up in the situation where they're playing for more of that stuff, but don't necessarily have the same, those same individual accolades. Right now off the top of your head, you can pick any team in the top 10. You can't reuse them twice. No, uh, we can say reuse them if you want. I'll let you pick. Um, for those three, what's your favorite fit right now? For um, Ivy is Detroit. Um, I've actually come around to really liking him in Sacramento too. I am. I'm in the same boat as you. Why are we always, I swear we don't copy each other's notes. I'm buying into the Sacramento fit pretty quick. Yeah. And it's not because it's, bpa it's because i'm just seeing it like mm-hmm. you should do it um yeah i i think ivy's a much better off-ball scorer than people are wanting to admit for some reason um then i, I really like keegan in portland interesting that's a good and one john johnny in san antonio or new orleans i like johnny both those spots um keegan i like in detroit a lot that's my hot take. Um, Ivy, I, I think I'm buying into Sacramento. I think I'm buying it. I, I think I'm yeah. into it. Because I don't think they're going to stick with... I think they're going to move Fox eventually. But if they don't, they could play Ivy and then maybe still bring Davion. I don't know. But I still think they got to take the best guy. And I could see Ivy being the the face. I think he could be the superstar. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I like Ivy even with Fox at this point. Yeah, um, that's where I'm at. I think I, I think that transition offense would be electric. Um, and then just the the way that Ivy cuts and runs off screens to then turn those into kind of on ball scoring opportunities. And I I like him more as an off ball shooter than an on ball shooter. So. I, I don't understand this obsession with everyone saying, oh, well, he's got to be a point guard. He's got to have the ball to be effective. It's like, no, he doesn't. He didn't have the ball all year at Purdue, and he was pretty damn effective. So long run, do I want him getting on-ball reps and stuff? Yeah, sure. But with Sacramento, it's like, okay, he can play that two-guard. He can play off of Fox, play off of Sabonis, play with Davion. And then when Fox goes to the bench, now Ivy's getting those – point guard reps and now he's running the second unit and getting that experience and not just being tossed in the deep end with a cinder block strapped to his ankle. It's pretty annoying because people are going to take my next statement the wrong way. Oh, I'm excited. I think you, you can have all three of those guys and, and it's going to be a really nice weapon. And and everyone's like going to be like, well, you just took Davion to be a backup. And it's like, well, no, you never you're gonna have to rotate with what whatever game flow and your your coach is gonna have options and um you know if you need a if the other point guard's killing you you're gonna throw Davion out there and stuff like that so like I'm buying into the idea too of Fox yeah. and Ivy and just being like guess what we're gonna try it and if it doesn't work then we will we will move on but right talk about explosive. Yeah, those two in transition. Oh my goodness! Just Sabonis is going to get a rebound, just throw it up the court, and be like, "Go run it down," or hand off and run. I, I don't know. I, I just I'm buying into the idea too because 
I just keep buying into uh, Ivy off the ball. I yeah. think there's more there. I think him running off of screens, like you're talking about, like he is a he is an asshole to deal with defensively. Yeah. Like, you know, we're watching Curry and how just I'm not saying he could shoot like Curry. Like, come on, I'm not drunk. I'm saying just like the movement and he could just exhaust guys running them off screens, running all away from the ball. Like, he, so I'm buying it. I'm, I'm into it, but I don't want to rant too long, but yeah, I, I like Sacramento there. Okay. All what right. Else? We get, we, we, we got six of the 14 spots filled. Okay. Um, the, the, I'm, I'm just going down my big board here. So next three are AJ Griffin, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels. Any objections? Um, Shane Sharp's underage. You can't come. I'm kidding. Um, they're all under. That, that, that always matters. They're all under. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. I've <laughs> I've witnessed first person. That does not uh, matter, especially with the uh, NBA guys. Um, but that's another episode. <laughs> um. So you said Matherin, Griffin, Sharp, uh, Griffin, Sharp, Daniels. Oh, Griffin, Sharp, Daniels. Um. Or, or do you want to put or move any of those names to currently waiting in line? No, 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 no. Sharp's the only one. Sharp's the only one I'm I'm on the fence with. But he's coming. He's going to be a yeah. We'll we'll keep Sharp in the green room. But he might be having to get drinks for everyone for a while because he hasn't played a game of college basketball or you know he's been he's been on the bench for a while. But he he's the guy in the booth that's just chilling, just vibing. Yeah. He's waiting for his song, but he, he's 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 a fun fun person to be around. But he's just waiting for the right song to get the night going. So, um, and, and by all accounts, he, he's a little shy. He's a little more introverted, so he's not going to be out the, the the life of the party on the dance floor, and that's okay. He's just waiting for someone to play some ludicrous. Like he's like, okay, I get all <laughs> these new rappers, but can we get the throwbacks rolling out? Like, can we get? Um, Let's uh the Usher, yeah. Can we get some little oh, John? We're, we're, I can't we're wait till age now. Yeah, well, I can't yeah. Someone's gonna hear this and be like, What song is that? And I'm gonna be like, literally throw your computer out of the window, please. I'm sorry that I hurt you. But no, those are all fine. I Sharp is we're two weeks away from the draft. Sharp's becoming my most fascinating uh puzzle right now because I don't know where he's gonna go. I think we I think everyone's quickly cooling off the top five idea that we had about a month ago. Not us, I'm saying everyone as a collective had that idea. And now I'm mm-hmm. like we're coming back to reality, aren't we, folks? Because we I mean, we did a mock and we got weird and said he fell to eleven. Do I think that's gonna happen? No. No. But um you never know. Yeah, I mean he could fall to eight. He could fall to nine. Yeah, so that, I, I want to stay on sharp for a little bit. Yeah. So I, I, I've he's one of these guys that's just kind of fallen down a couple spots for me. He's at eight right now. Um, but if he went five to Detroit, I wouldn't be shocked. Why do you think he's falling? Obviously, there have been these anonymous executives coming out and just ripping the kids for not playing, or at either at Kentucky or at the combine, and just doing these draft workouts. I get why he did it. You know, when you look at a guy like Hamadou Diallo. A, you know, a few years ago who came back mid season for Kentucky, he dropped out of the first round because of that. And, you know, obviously he was hurt and things came into play, but he hurt himself by playing. And if sharp's getting like, Oh yeah, this guy's a top 10 lock. He could even go top five. Why would you play? So I get it from his standpoint. Why do you think that he's falling? And, you know, when we say falling, we mean like from five to seven or something. Yeah. Right. Not, anything drastic but what in your mind why do you think he's falling yeah it's not even it's just like he's trending down and and, and i think it's it's not falling but it's like we were thinking he could go four at one point like two months ago we were like me he could go fourth and now we're like hey he's probably maybe realistically going six seven eight um i think it's just because he's the unknown he's the guy that everyone you better be pretty confident in your whole staff not just the front office. You need to be confident in your coaching staff. You need to be confident in your evaluation, your scouting department. You need to be confident in your developmental staff. You need to be like, everyone's got to be on board. Everyone's got to be patient. Everyone's got to have a plan. Cause this is going to take a while with sharp because it's, it's just the, you know, we ragged the guys that go play in the G league. They at least had a year of playing against NBA type of competition. 
Sharp's just been sitting. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine? Like, I haven't, if I didn't pick up a basketball for two years and then try to go play five on five with some of my good basketball friends, I would look horrendous. And I suck anyways, but I would look really, really bad that day. So um, it's just, he hasn't played. Everyone's banking on high school tape where it's not, the high school tape was nice, Metcalf, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm watching John Wall in high school. Like it was just, there was flashes. So guys are going to keep watching and nitpicking. and, And this is also the time of the year where, We've talked about this before. These are front officers are going to work now. This is where you get the intel. This right. is where you find out stuff. And um, they're getting intel before they even interviewed him. And, and if he doesn't wow that and they still don't feel great about it, they're going to go with someone that doesn't have the higher upside, but might be safer, might be, um, you know, better for the team, better for the culture. But um, I, for, I was going to ask you something. Are we overthinking, Sharp? Or do you think it's because we're not? we're getting to a point now where we have had time to watch everyone thoroughly and evaluate. And now we're getting realistic of like, Hey, yeah, he's got the upside to be a top five player Mm -hmm. in this draft, but he's also got the downside to be a complete swing and miss. So I think when you get to that conversation, it doesn't surprise me when these guys slide. And I'm talking about the raw, not a lot of experience, superstar upside with question marks. It, it does not surprise me when they go a little bit later because teams have to get to have the balls. And yeah. not, not a lot of teams are going to have the balls when you're to- picking top five to be like, hey, we're taking the biggest swing we can. And everyone listening might be like, that's what you're supposed to do. And it's like, no, when you're picking the top five, you want to make sure you don't pick again there next year. You want to get out of that. You want to get a guy that is helping your team. Like you want to hit. So then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're back. And, and Presti with all those picks and OKC, like that's a different story because they're just, they're taking the guys with the raw upside. That's why we've connected also. Like maybe Presti could try to go up from 12 if Sharp's slipping or something like that. Now I'm on a rant. I'm sorry, Metcalf. This is, (laughs) but this is an interesting debate that me and you haven't talked about. Yeah. So I know. I think the thing with him is that his kind of evaluation timeline just got shifted back like four months from everyone else in college, where in January, you know, most of us are all just watching these guys for the good. Like what, what, what is getting us excited about all these guys And the first few months of college basketball is typically that. Right. And then we start digging into the nuances of their games where they struggle. Like, you know, why, why is their on-ball defensive footwork slacking? Why didn't he make that pass? Little stuff like that. And that's when we start bumping guys down. Sharp, I don't think we started doing that until January or February when he was like, oh, he's eligible for the draft. It's like, oh, okay, now let's all rush through the highlights. And the right. highlights are fucking incredible. Like the highlights are so impressive. And that's when he's like, oh, could this be the best player in the draft? Like, look at how good of a score and how vertically athletic this guy is. And now we're in the phase with him where everyone is digging into the nuances of his game. They're seeing how bad the defense is. They're seeing that he doesn't have that same first step that, you know, we think of with a guy with that vertical. So I'm a little worried about the lack of that first step especially the fact that he's at, you know, six, five and not six, seven. Um, I think that kind of st- start, stop, lull you to sleep and then go type of scoring game is more effective when you are six, seven and not six, five. Um, and then the, the, the defense just needs to be completely overhauled. It's brutal right now. So I, I think he's really good. I think he's still really raw and there's just a lot to kind of, carve out and improve it's it's just funny because if he gets past the top five um like if he gets past detroit then i'm gonna be every team i'm gonna be like okay would they do it and and like indiana would make some sense because i'm i'm not trying to like down talk pacers fans or anything like that i'm just trying to say like you got to think about this stuff like indiana smaller market you're not usually signing the biggest superstars in the NBA mm-hmm. in free agency to come to Indiana. And I'm not trying to insult Pacers fans listening, but I'm saying you also could think like, Hey, we could, we could get one in the draft that has that upside to maybe be a guy that stays here 
a long, long time in his career. Um, and, and that might be enticing. I'm just playing devil's advocate right now. So I, I could see Indiana being in, in love with him or intrigued by him. And um, But I could also see them being like, hey, we need a safer pick that's going to help this team continue to grow together because we got some nice pieces. Portland, I still think they're going to go towards more of like a, a safer if there's even a guarantee. There's never is, but it's just mm-hmm. fascinating. And, and then when if he's on the board with New Orleans at some point, I don't know if they could pass that up because then you're just like, if we hit on this and Zion's healthy, my goodness, this team. So um, a lot of questions, but. I went on a rant too far. I didn't mean to make this the Shade and Sharp episode. No, you're good. Um, I, I, I think those are important questions and things to bring up because yeah. his evaluation timeline has just been completely different than everyone else's. So I think where we were at with a lot of guys in February is kind of where a lot of people are now with Sharp. And that's where the questions start coming up. Um, and, you know, they're important questions to ask and to address. Um, but I, I would be shocked if he doesn't stay in the top 10. Um, but, okay, so we got nine spots filled. Uh, Chet, Jabari, Paolo, Johnny, Jaden, Keegan, AJ, uh, Shaden, and Dyson. And folks, these are in no particular order. This isn't our rankings of 1, 2, 14 or anything like that. It's just the 14 brilliant individuals who get access to this exclusive green room all right so we got four spots or five spots left excuse me how do you do you want me to just give you a batch of 10 names and we'll start picking guys off of that i think that might be the most chaotic and also might lead to us fighting so that probably should be yeah let's do that because you already didn't mention one and i'm like i'm gonna have to fight metcalf for this guy aren't i like, okay, so everyone listening, Metcalf brought this idea up, and we were like, it's going to be pretty easy to get to, like, nine. And then me and you are probably going to get a little ugly. And, and it's all going to be love, but we're going to be like, hey, we got to get down to five more. Like, what is it? And who deserves to be in here? So this could be fun. We could get really angry, and this could be hilarious. Um, you know, no matter what, I still love Metcalf. But um, it's funny because I'm getting down to, like, 17 on my big board, and I'm like, Oh boy, I'm gonna have to make an argument for some, some people <laughs> right now if Metcalf's not on the same boat. But um, yeah, if you, unless if you want to do that, because I, I think the one by one we might miss someone. If we at least rattle yes. off like ten names, then I could be like, okay, let, let's get this. So hit me with it. What are you thinking? All right, um, all right. So Malachi Branham, Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, Usman Jang, Benedict Matherin, Ochag Baji, Jeremy Sohan, Jaden Hardy, Jalen Williams. Um, EJ Liddell, Tari Eason. Uh, That's good for me if it's good for you. I, I'm also going to throw Max Christie in there just so you can shoot <laughs> it down right away. <laughs> oh, if you're going to start battling with me for Christie in the green room, this podcast I, I, is going to be rated R. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I, I'm not battling for, just not necessarily battling against, let's say. Okay, okay so first name off. Uh, Christy, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I love him, but I don't know if he's in the green room. Agreed, agreed. All right, well, where where are you leaning? What's your thought process? I think Matherin's in for me pretty pretty easily. I had him seven on my board. I love him. I still think he could be going as high as five. I could see him going six. Like he's going to be the name I'm going to be fascinated too because I could see him going high. I could see him going. Ninth or ten, I, I I don't know if he's going to San Antonio. I could see him going eighth. I could see him going eleventh. Like he's going to be big range too. But um, I think he's going to be a guy in this class that has a really nice career. I think he's going to be a really nice piece of the NBA. I like his talent. I like his upside. Um, and we're saying this all before we find out what team they play for, so things could change. And I, but that episode will be very fun when we have to be our honest opinions of like, oh boy, who went to the wrong place. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would be I'll be battling pretty hard for Matherin in the green room. Okay, yeah, I, I want to talk about Matherin quick. Oh um, gosh, so, you're gonna no, fight me I, right no, away. Okay, no, I'm no, I'm good with okay. him there. Okay, I'm okay. I'm lower on him than you are. Yes, that's why I I, I got into a, a healthy argument the other day on Twitter when I shared out that that anonymous exec saying that Johnny Davis is who he is, but Matherin has so much more room for improvement. What do you see Matherin being 
at the next level? And what would that room for improvement be? Oh boy. What do I see him being? And I hate doing pro comparisons, but I'm trying to think of like vibes right now. This type of player. It doesn't have to be, Oh, he's going to be this player, but like what what kind of role? I think he could be a, a really good, like number two option where it's like Matherin can get hot and then you're feeding him in the game. He's running off screens. He's he, you're running actions for him to get some outside shots. I think he's just a little nasty. Like I, I think Matherin's the guy you need to win playoff series. Like I, I think he's just a grinder. He's physical. He can play up to the moment in the game. He can also bring that nastiness. If a series turned, turned physical, he, he's not going to shy away. He's got that athleticism to get out and run. Um, you know, the biggest, I think, development with his game this year was he went from Sean Miller's offense at Arizona to Tommy Lloyd, which is more like pro up-tempo, just mm-hmm. pushed the crap out of the ball. And he just looked like a completely different animal because it was just perfect for his game. He's like, get out and run. I got transition ability to hit pull-up threes or trailing threes, or I can get wide and, and throw down monster slams. So I think – that with the plate making flashes that we saw like at USC when he had that game where he was just throwing some like, whoa, okay, this is in his bag potentially. And um, I still think he needs to get coached defensively because yeah, when he's locked in, yeah, when he when he's locked in, it's there. Yeah, but he ain't sure. always locked in. So um I I, I just like him a lot. I, I really do think we're talking about 14 guys. He's mm-hmm. No questions asked. He's one of my one of my guys. Yeah, but, so I, he, he's in my top fourteen too. So I, I don't want to get that twisted. Yeah, um, I th- you're I just think, puzzled with Johnny compared to him. I th- it's just the the way that that phrase was that he's got so much more room for improvement, and and I think all these guys have so much more room for improvement. They're freaking nineteen years old, exactly. But thank you. Where where I see Matherin's room for improvement is as an on-ball creator. And I think that's a way harder skill and ability to implement and to be really effective at that. Maybe that, that I, I guess maybe I'm just interpreting how that was said incorrectly, because I just, I think that's a lot less likely for him to do than say for Johnny to become more consistent as like a spot up shooter. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I've been driving the Matherin hype train all year. I would take Johnny and it's not even close. So yeah, that's how I feel about that comment. And I, and those articles are really cool because <laughs> they give fans and everything like a, an inside look at what someone's opinion is in the industry. But it's like, you know, some fucking weird people out there. There's some yeah. crazy people in the, in the league, in the industry. And like you hear, you read some of those and you don't have to, don't read like I'm not saying those people don't know what they're talking about. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying just because one guy says it doesn't mean everyone in the league is right. thinking that. Um, do I think Matherin has some good upside? Heck yeah. I think Johnny Davis has some really good upside. Yes, I do. Like I, I still think Johnny is going to show some people something. Like he's, I think, I just think he's getting overlooked right now. So, um, yeah, I never and, take and, those too crazy. But it's interesting to see. I pay more attention to when it's like the the breadcrumbs that some people leave like that part of the article there and it was by David Aldridge at the athletic. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, not just at the athletic David Aldridge. I shouldn't have to explain (laughs) who he is, but he even leaked like at one point, one of the coaches he leaked or interviewed was like talking about Iverson Molinar having like a shoulder injury. And I was like, that is stuff that you need to be paying attention, highlighting in the articles because that's little tidbits of breadcrumbs that you're like, okay, well, then you connect that to why Iverson might have had a down year shooting the ball as a three-point shooter and why he's out struggling there. If he has a shoulder injury, boom. But I'm never going to read one of those and be like, oh, my gosh, the guy thinks Matherin's better. I have to have him higher. I'm right? Like, no, right, I, I've, no, I've sure. watched too much damn film. So calm down, Matt. And it wasn't an argument. You were just like, hey, no, what's it, going it, on here? It, it turned into more of like a player debate, which wasn't yeah. my intention. It was more so like the likelihood of those improvements happening. And I, I, I think Matherin's going to be a damn good 
player in the NBA. So I think he's going to be a really good starter. I think he's going to be an awesome off-ball scorer. I don't think his three-point percentage was as indicative of his shooting ability because Agreed. he took some really tough shots, really you know versatile movement, off-screen, standstill, all of it. He took it all. I love the athleticism. I get that. I just think that room for improvement that he has is a lot more difficult than some of these other guys. Um, and I'm not, and the, the changes that we saw from his freshman year to sophomore year. Yes. I know he ran a lot more pick and roll and stuff like that. He didn't create out, create out of isolation at all. The pick and roll efficiency was so, so, so I love him as an off ball scorer. I just personally don't see that on ball upside um, that, and I think that's where I break with a lot of people on him. Yeah, I, I know I, I danced around your question, but to, I agree with you. I would rather – this will probably get clipped up and shown in three years, but, hey, that's why we're here. That's why we, we do it, folks. I would rather have a prospect that needs to get better at outside shooting and has an advanced weaponry and on-ball creation than the other way. Like, I'd yeah, a guy that can't create his own, but he can shoot the crap out of the ball, he's going to run into some some problems. A guy that can work and use his craft to get open, get his shot. And if, like, Johnny's lethal mid range, but Johnny can also get to his shot really in a number of different ways with his, with his counters, his handles, his hesitations, his shoulder fakes, his pump fakes, like getting to a spot on the court and then he can launch his body in so many different directions. Like, he's just remarkable how impressive he is. And I think that's where we keep everyone keeps going back to like, well, his three point shot, and it's like, oh my gosh, guys, come on, see something else, like get away from the one thing. But um, they're both going to be good. They're both going to be good players. Yes. They just um, they're di- different upsides. So yeah, I and, and I, I hope people don't interpret this little six minute segment uh, as like a player debate or no, yeah, anything like that. Just more of like a philosophical like how do you view their improvement areas and the likelihood of those happening? And, you know, I, I think Shaden Sharp, for example, still needs to really improve as an on-ball creator, but what he's shown and the foundation he has, I think that's a little more likely than someone else. And, you know, if, if it would have been Tari Eason being quoted as he is who he is, I, I would have posed the same question. So it wasn't just because it was Johnny, I, I know my fandom for him um, may may come in question, but it, it was really just the wording of that and just kind of the likelihood of how hard some of these skills are to develop. Yeah, and even I still have Johnny hired Matherin. And the last thing I'll say, and I know you do, and it's like I still think Johnny should be a very early pick. If he's not, I get it because some t- yeah. it all it comes down to fit with those two guys. Like if you're debating those two guys and they're on the board say at like six and all those teams from six to eight want one of those two the answers could be different for each team because it comes down to what do they need they're going to evaluate their whole roster so that's what like we can have them higher but it wouldn't shock me if the other one goes in front of the other let's get away from this before we yes. go too further we, down this we got four more spots um, and we only, a- we only did one guy in like 10 minutes this is gonna be horrifying okay yes so we got four more spots. Is there anywhere your heart is pulling you? No, you go. You, I did one, so you go. Now okay. this is where we can go. Um, I, I think Jeremy Sohan should be a lock. <sighs> Which is weird because I base, technically on my big board, I don't have him in the lottery. And I have him at 14. I don't know if he's a lock. Okay. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll put his name in yellow. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's come back to that. Because I have some... I think I feel like he's going to be one of the guys waiting to come... No, he's going to be in, but... No, we can stay with this. Okay, but, let's, but, but let's it, talk this it, out. It doesn't matter how, how these guys get picked. This is our exclusive club of you know are, how talented you... we think they are. It, it, it's not a mock draft or anything like that. Let's, 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 let's do it this way. Are you writing these down? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we'll put them in. And then at the end, we'll see who's waiting in line, and maybe we can, you know, we'll throw someone out. But Sohan's in the top 14. Yeah, what am I doing here? No, he is, because if he clicks, he's such a weapon. Yeah. And I'm looking at my board. I have him 14th. But 
Ugh. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll do it. So I, I'll, we'll put I'll, him in. I'll, I'll put him in. I'll highlight his name. But the and... bouncers are watching him. He's had right. a little. He's had a couple. He's getting a little crazy on the dance floor. Everyone doesn't really know how to handle it, and he he's got a lot of eyes. Yeah. The hawker. The hawks in the eyes. You know. So. Okay. Um, so still waiting in line is Malachi Branham, Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, Usman Jang, Ochai Baji, Jaden Hardy, Jalen Williams, EJ Liddell, Tari Eason. Duran. I think Jalen Duran's in. Okay. Although he really has a good fake ID to get in. Like that is a really good one. But yeah. He, it's like who, who brought their dad? Um, yeah. Well, you know what? It's the guy that he he's so just looks like a freak of nature that everyone's like, he's not 18. He's yeah. 25. And they're also like, what am I going to do? Try to throw out the guy that's 6'10", 250. That's just going to pick up all the bouncers at once. Yeah. So he's in uh, being serious. Duran's a top 14 guy. Like yeah. people were giving us crap because we put a mock draft out where he fell. And it's just like, guys, we're just playing you know, devil's we're, advocate we're trying to do something a, a little different, you know, to ha- having the exact same thing every single time. And it's like, okay, cool. This, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give this a quick scroll and now we're bored and we get, we get bored doing the same thing every time. So it's like, Hey, w- every year there's chaos, even though mock drafts end up looking a lot alike, you know, we keep doing the same things in a lot of picks too, but it kind of goes back to that Spurs conundrum that we talked about a few weeks ago. It's like, Something different is going to happen here than what we've been doing for four months. So what are those possibilities? And let's start thinking about them. Players slip through the cracks. There's probably no chance that there's no trades in the lottery also. So, I mean, like we're doing all these mock drafts. We're going to do them for months and there might be four trades in the lottery. And and that will completely shift who goes who, who goes where. Um, but I think Duran is going to be a, a, a green room guy i think he belongs in there so just just real quick on duran what is his worst case scenario barring injury or anything awful or you know whatever like he he actually has a career but worst case scenario and then best case scenario (sighs) worst case uh, uh not worst case his best case scenario is he turns into like we had a fan um and we can save the segment later. Who's like saying like, who, who are centers in this draft that would remind you of Robert, Robert Williams. They asked us on social media, like, can you talk about it on a pod? And we can go in more depth, like later, um, just talking. I think he was saying like explosiveness, the right. defensive ability. I think that's probably one of the best scenarios for Duran is like a Robert Williams impact, maybe more. Obviously you're saying probably more like offensive numbers. You're putting up bigger numbers and stuff, but like, if Duran can turn into that two-way just defensive monster and anytime he's got an offensive rebound, like everyone hold on for your life because he's just got that so much power. Um, I think that's his best case scenario where he just turns into like the dude is a monster around the basket mm-hmm. and he is just an anchor defensively. Like he can guard multiple positions at a high level and stuff, but he's going to have – a long way to go because he's going to have to deal with some clever bigs in this league. He's going to have to figure out all the tricks and stuff like that and some crafty guards. And um, I still think he's got really special upside, but like the next, the rest of the game is going to come around too. Cause everyone thinks Robert Williams is like just the defensive shot block. Robert Williams can pass the ball. Robert Williams. He's such a good passer. Oh my gosh. Like it, I, I will go to battle with anyone if they're and like, he's he doing that I'm at a like, and too. Yeah. I'm like, Robert Williams has playmaking ability. Like he throws some passes sometimes. I'm like, my goodness, man. Like you see, you see some stuff and, and it's just the way he plays the game. So I'm not trying to um, get too off track, but like Duran just needs to slowly come. He's like a ball of clay that he just needs to slowly keep forming his game to be something. But like, yeah, it, a starting center, a, a potential all defensive guy, um, a lethal shot blocking guy, like someone you you're not worried about keeping him on the floor with a three point game in the fourth quarter of a playoff series. Like he just needs to, to become someone that it's like we need Jalen Duran on the court all the time. What do you think, Metcalf? Are, are do you see that 
Is he going to be like an all-star guy? I think he I could. I, yeah, like I think best case scenario is kind of like these are two very different players to kind of morph together, but like a, a mix of like Robert Williams and Yusuf Nurkic where, yeah, that's a good one. Um, You know, may, maybe he, his shot isn't obviously doesn't get to the point of like Carl Anthony Towns, but you know, occasionally if no one ever steps out to him, he can knock down a three at the top of the arc. And then he has the passing ability of Robert Williams, the strength of Nurkic and just like that overall defensive impact. I'm not sure he's quite as twitchy or fluid and light on his feet as Robert Williams is. Um, I think he's got really good springs and, you know, second jump ability at the rim. It's more so how he just kind of moves on the perimeter, but I, he's still so young. I I don't want to rule anything out. Um, it'll, it'll be fascinating where he lands, but all right, we, we got two more spots and two more, nine, or three more. Two more, 13 and 14. Wait, really? Hit me with the really, list one really. more time. I thought, wow. I was okay, so, so we got Chet Holmgren, Jabari yeah. Smith, Paolo Bancaro, Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, AJ Griffin, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, Benedict Matherin, Jeremy Sohan, Jalen Duran. Jeremy's still. We have three. Oh, we have, we only have two. Sitting at the two bar spots. waiting for his drink. Yeah. So, so Jeremy's 14 in. 14 are left. Okay. So he, he Jer- he's in, in. Jeremy's in, correct? Wait, yeah, he's been in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He, he, he's in, but he's being watched. All right. So nine nine names. There were eight. I am adding a ninth. Um so we got Malachi Branham, Mark Williams, Usman Jang, Ochai Baji, Jaden Hardy, Jalen Williams, EJ Liddell, Tari Eason, and Blake Wesley. Okay, so we're down to eight names. <laughs> Hey, Bla- hey, Blake Wesley had a fake. He couldn't get in. He couldn't get in. They they took it. They put it above the bar. Taped it up. You know, he, he's okay. going to another. He's going to. He's going to another place. All right, um, Blake, I, Blake, I, I will tell you right now. I've been watching some more Blake Wesley. I like the defense a lot. Yeah, I'm warming up. I'm really warming up defender. a little bit. I'm not really? top ten Blake Wesley buzz, but if he goes in the top twenty, I would understand. Um. Right. I, I think we need to start scratching some names off here. Um, and it pains me to do it, but I think first one to go with is EJ Liddell. I love EJ. I think he's it's it's really tough. To be a really good player. But when we're talking about the cream of the crop, the elite of the elite, the you know, gaining access to the most prestigious club in the draft world, I'm just not sure he's he's there. I can't, I can't have him in, and I love EJ. I love him. I still, I've said it on multiple episodes. I could see him going in the lottery. I don't think he, he's not in the green room, though. Yep. Not, he's not in our green room, but he is. He might be getting an an invite. He, 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 he's at the corner pub having drinks, playing darts, playing pool, having a good time, and you know, you you go over there with your buddies. You're you're having a blast with him. EJ is at the bar that I would be at in this situation. Yes. Like <laughs> yes. everyone would be at the club and I'd be like, the bar EJ's at is way more fun. They've got good music <laughs> and it's not crowded. And the drinks are, you know, $2 beers instead of uh, $14 exactly. water. It's value. It's value. Yeah. That's yeah. Value. <laughs> there you go. So, um, okay. Yeah. Who's next in, in or out where you're leaning? Um, are we gonna? Are we eliminating guys to finish our? I, Atari's out for me. Go however you want. That's fine with me. I, okay. I like Atari. I think he's gonna be really good. Um, he's not and in this group though. For everyone that keeps asking a question on social media of why is Atari Eason slipping lately, think harder. It ain't just yeah. the film, folks. There, this is the time of the year where stuff behind the scenes is going on. I think. Um, spins had hidden about it. Uh, I think I saw something on the internet, on Twitter, like, um, spins, we love you. If you're ever listening, um, he was talking about like, you know, Tari hasn't interviewed. Well, like people are a little worried about the uh, basketball IQ. Um, and, and that's big stuff this time of the year. And, and that's why a guy could slip two weeks before the draft. That's why someone's stock could be going the wrong way. And I still think he's going to be a top 25 pick, but God, yeah he might go 21 instead of some people thinking like 13. And it's it's because it's just teams are interviewing teams are trying to get a feel for guys. So um, I like Tari a lot though. I've yeah. just always been the guy that 
We say it every episode, folks. We're rooting for every single guy. We're just trying to get them to go the best places. I still think if Tari goes late teens, early 20s, I'm going to be pumped for that pick. Yes, I will be pumped for that pick. But if he went somewhere like the top 10, I'd be like, oh, man, they're going to put the world on his shoulders right away. So, um, But more importantly, he can't come into the green. (laughs) He can't come in. Um, Who are you getting rid of? I like I it this go, way. I got to go Jalen Williams. Yeah. I wanted to, I was going to piss you off he, later. He's fun. And go to war. I, he's fun. We love him. I, he, he's just not here. It's tough. Cause I really want him in there, but he's at the bar with me and EJ. So we're good. <laughs> me, EJ and Tari are having a blast at the other bar. Um, exactly. So, all right. So we got five names left, two spots. This is where it gets, so Malachi Branham, Mark Williams, Usman Jang, Ojag Baji, Jaden Hardy. I'm not gonna do it. I'll 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 spoil some pride. I'll I'll keep Hardy out if you want to do it. He he would have been he he was the easiest out for me. Yeah, we're get, I want to I want this to get difficult. So I, I'm not gonna bring up a fight just to bring up a fight. Right. I understand Hardy's Hardy's at the other club. <laughs> yeah hardy, and, and, hardy and, and, is at the other club yeah and just for clarification i have hardy at 17 so he's in that range where it's like okay if he does go late lottery i get it like i i i love the improvement he's shown we've talked a ton about hardy and how we've you know we're, we're not overrating the struggles that he had as much as other people are hardy might be like fourth in line to come into the green room but he's like having more fun talking with people outside of <laughs> club that he's like do i just want to just chill here and kind of pick the vibe so that's yeah there he's out it's okay I'll, I'll i'll sleep well tonight all right let's what about ochai what are we doing here i he, I, I love ochai so much. i love him too but this um, is tough i i'll tell you something that will piss you off and piss everybody else off because i love to do this I think there's a world where Ochai belongs in over Jang. And I'm not yeah. saying I think that uh, Jang's going to be, or that Ochai is going to be a way better player than Jang. I'm just saying for the green room purposes, I could see Ochai having a case to be above Jang because Jang has, Jang is upside folks. We're, mm-hmm. we're all drunk on this idea of, Usman becoming a superstar and his he was brutal to watch the first half of the year it was I, not pretty I, I think his rookie year is going to be a disaster I think it's going to be really ugly and people are going to think he's a bust and it's not going to be fair to the kid at all yep. because if you watch what he just went through it was he didn't look draftable in the first half of the season he, he wasn't playable in the NBL no for four months at all yeah and then all of a sudden, he just looked awesome. So it wouldn't shock me if he goes later on the draft than ever. Because we also get we get we get pumped up and hyped up on these guys on these on this progression of each of these prospects. So then we start thinking like, oh, they're on fire. They're playing good. They have all these tools. They're getting this hype. They could go top fifteen. And it happens sometimes where NBA teams are like, no, we watched the first half of the year. We we still think this guy is the twenty fifth best prospect on our board. You know, I don't know. So. All I'm getting at is I think Ochai is ahead of the line if he's not I, in. I I I'm I'm good putting Ochai in because I, I think the the prestige, the um if the Ochai's rings, getting in, this uh, is gonna get ugly. If Ochai's getting in, this is gonna get ugly. I, I'm I'm putting Ochai in in yellow. He he's waiting at coat check and Okay. He just paid the cover. Yeah, he, okay. he, he he's in the lobby. He's waiting at coach check, and he he could still be turned around. So okay, okay, all right. Okay. So that means one spot for Malachi Branham, Mark Williams, Usman Jang. I can't put Jang in over those other two. So neither that's can, ne, neither can I because okay. Like, e, 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 okay, even though the most recent stuff is important and should be weighted a little heavier. The whole season still matters. I yes, think. yes, I'm in the on that. The whole season still matters. Okay, okay. cool. U- Usman, apologies. 
All right, All right. here we go. Malachi Branham, Mark Williams. One spot. I know where I'm going. I think I know where you're going. Ooh, we we can't do this with our heart. We got to do this with our head. Yeah. Okay. I think Mark should be in. Agreed. Why shouldn't... Well, okay, so then do we... Okay, all right, all right. So Mark's in. Because none of the bouncers can throw him out because he's too tall. And he can just reach over the bar, grab his own drinks. Super efficient. He, he He's a gentleman, so he leaves a healthy tip after he's done. Yes, Mark is the least... I'm not worried about Mark at the club at all. Nope. I, I'm not worried about Mark at the green room because he's just going to, you know, he's going to be there. He's going to be a great person. He's not going to be... We don't have to... He's no maintenance. He's yeah, just going to... No, exactly. He belongs there. He belongs exactly. there. Exactly. He, he he ordered around for his table. Uh, the, the waitress forgot, came back, asked if they needed anything. He just politely reminded, like, oh, yeah, no, I, can I get that round I ordered? And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she he's goes, like, don't worry about it. It's great. Exactly. Thanks for, thank yeah, you for your like, service. I appreciate no, I, it. I appreciate it. I know you're swamped. I know you're busy. Just w- when you get a chance, we'd love it. I'll, I'll, I'll be here doing my thing. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I adore Mark Williams. So why, why not Malachi? Well, I will say for serious purposes for Mark Williams, I just think if we're making a top 14 of like guys that should be into the green room, I think you got to have efficiency. Like, I think you got to be like you, you got better or you were consistent on both sides of the ball. You put up good numbers. Like at, at some point of the year you had to bring, cause like we have Jalen Duran in there. We have Shaden Sharp, but Shaden Sharp's got superstar upside. Mm-hmm. Like Duran has superstar upside. He's, he's still young. Um, we didn't even talk about Dyson Daniels, but Dyson Daniels got better all year. He grinds on both sides of the ball. He's also Australian, so we got to have an Aussie in there. Dur- Mark Williams has just been beasting, and and I think he was dominant this year. I yes. know people don't want to admit it for some reason, but he was dominant this year. He was more dominant than his numbers will tell. Yeah. So he's in. My problem is, is I'm coming down to the line between two guys that I absolutely love. And either Malachi Branham's going to be at the door waiting to come in, or the bouncer's going to grab Ochai by his neck collar and throw him back out for, for Malachi. I think Branham's out. Agreed. Wow. And I, I have Branham higher than the other two on my board, but for the, the sake of this exercise, for this prestigious club of the elite of the elite, I, I know what Ochai did last year was incredible. The development throughout his entire career has been incredible. Um, and he's a national champion. I think he's one of the best leaders and in this entire draft. Um I think he's going to be a really good pro and people who have him at the end of the first or even in the second round, I don't understand it at all. I like, I have Branham higher. Yep. If I was drafting and it came down to those two, I would probably take Branham just based on my board, but I I, I would consider Ochai in the lottery. I just think Ochai He's done too much. Yep. He's also just... I love him. I, I, I think he belongs in there. Agreed. Okay, I, I'm going to throw a wrinkle to the green room. Okay. I just thought of it on the spot. And we're going to make this... I'll let you... Cause since you thought of this idea... We'll, we'll end it with this. Since you thought of this idea for the green room, I'm really excited. I'm going to ask your approval to add one more rule. One more segment. Two guys that are crashing the green room. They got in. We don't know how, but they crashed it. Like they got around the bouncers. They snuck in somehow. Someone let them in. Um, now we can either make them anywhere, or we can say they have to be. We think they're second round guys. You want to just do anywhere? Want to um, just do anywhere? I'm trying to get a little crazy. Yeah. Um, like the like a wedding crasher, but they're they're crashing the green room. So they could either we could either have guys in line that look like we're debating like they should be involved, where it's like Branham, Jiang, Jalen Williams, EJ. No, but we also have like some outside the box guys we think like 
I don't so, know. So, so who, who who did you have in mind for your, your for your for my curveball? Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, probably like either Dalen Terry or Patrick Baldwin Jr. So D- D- Dalen Terry was going to be was going to be mine. Okay, so uh, then I'll do Patrick Baldwin. Okay. This is perfect. This is the Patrick Baldwin, uh, literally the perfect part for what I'm trying to make up on the fly. It's like a guy that should have been in the green room, had a nightmare year, and now he's like, no, I belong in here. Yeah, here we go. See, we're workshopping this. Where it's like a, it's like a not a loose cannon, but just a guy that's like, hey, maybe I, I was supposed to be in here. I'm still going to prove myself. And we also could just not do this. <laughs> you know, we could, we could just... This is a great idea, but we'll 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 just no. But um, I don't know. But like also no, like no, Max so, so, Christie could have been in this conversation. So I and I, I think PBJ was in the preseason was in the club in the preseason and ha- had a little too much fun. Fell asleep in one of the upstairs uh, booths, and security missed him as they were clearing the place out. And when they reopened, um, he was just still there. And he's just hanging out. This is like way too descriptive of a story. Did this happen <laughs> no, to you? No. Okay. I was just checking. I was like, we need to talk about this <laughs> off air because this sounds hilarious. Um, no, I was fine on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out when they were still closed. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think like Hardy, Patrick Baldwin Jr. could have been guys in this. I don't know. But this was a fun one. I, I liked doing this episode. This is a good debate. I still f- I feel good about my Ochai. I thought okay. we were going to battle a little bit more for some guys, but I do think I think this is a good list. This is I, a good I list. thought you were going to put up a, a bigger fight for Hardy. Um, and I just understand. No, I just understand it. I'm going to write a piece about him. I'm actually pretty pumped about that one, but I just get it. I still think that's another guy like we talked about with Tari Eason. Like the later he goes, the better it's yeah, going to be for great. his career. And I could see Hardy going later and becoming a star because yeah. he went later and it pissed him off for his entire career. And he's like, I'm never going to, I could just see that. That's all it takes with some of these guys. So other than that, I love the list. Yeah. You want to give so, it one more time? Hit it, yeah, hit so, it. So just to recap, um, our 14 spots, these are the exclusive invites to the green room. On draft night, there will be about 20 guys in the green room. And then after these 14 are going to the elite club, the the private show with, with their entourage. That's Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Bancaro, Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, AJ Griffin, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, Benedict Matherin, Jeremy Sohan, Jalen Duran, Ochaig Baji, and Mark Williams. And that's a group of 14 that is not ordered one to 14. This is just the group of the elite of this class based on a bunch of faulty, inconsistent methods that we inconsistently waited yeah i think that <laughs> i think i like this this is a good segment though this is fun because yeah. this is gonna get better every year because um we'll think of some funny debates or like side gimmicks and stuff like that but i like this this was a fun little wrinkle a little change up um yeah that's good metcalf all right all right metcalf give it to me before we sign off give me your honest opinion what do you think happens tomorrow night at the game um I'm going to say Warriors win. Okay. Um, I don't know. Dr- Draymond was awful what, in game three. He needs to show up. Um, but, you know, he did kind of does similar thing in what, games one and two. Um, if you could start boxing out Robert Williams, that'd probably be helpful. I know that's easier said than done. And then someone else needs to figure out how to score for Golden State. Steph Curry has been otherworldly. He's been incredible. Um, but no one else on that team can hit a shot, whether it's Clay, whether it's Jordan Poole. Um, yeah, I, I I don't get why, like, if I were the Warriors, and obviously I'm not, and I'm way less qualified or intelligent, um, but all season or all playoffs, everyone's harped on the Celtics' inability to dribble, and yet 
Gary Payton the second still just isn't picking guys up full court. So I, I would love just like the little wrinkle of him hounding Tatum or Brown when they bring the ball up and just getting in their face and getting just trying to cause chaos and force them to generate turnovers because when the Celtics have gotten in trouble, it's been because of turnovers. It's been two of the best teams in the entire playoffs at adjustments after a loss. Yes. They bounce back. They And I do really think like both Adoka and I think her are great when it comes to game by game adjustments. And, and this is what the playoffs are. But I think those two, especially like they do a great job of getting their team fired up after a tough loss. I think the star is going to be important. I think Draymond, um, I'm never going to count out Draymond. He's going to be ready to rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, and everyone pumping him up. He's just fascinating because it, he needs to have like 10, 8, and 11 to be. He just needs to be. It's like, I don't, the game two, and I don't want to rant too long about this. Like, game two, he took it up mentally and and physically. Like, he had Boston just all wires twisted. I don't think he can go back to that because he's, him being in Boston and with how they reacted in game three, they were ready. They're ready. They were like, hey, Draymond, it ain't going to work again. Like, we're, you could talk some crap and, and try to, overpower us we're ready to rock yeah and boston the fans are going to be ballistic and stuff like that so it's going to be fascinating um the the interesting part is you know clay had a big game last game and they still lost by double digits so it's going to be a bar fight again i I really do think but it's going to be fascinating like the game adjustments like I'd like to see a little bit more Gary Payton. I understand he's young, but I thought Kaminga would be kind of a perfect little wild card yeah, for this the, series. The athletic disparity between the two teams yeah. is glaring. So, so just, just a little bit of spot minutes for like Moody and Kaminga, I think could just be a, a fun wrench thrown in. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure they'll come out with something because they have for the last eight years in a row or however long it's been. Gonna be fun. I, yeah. I I can see, I can see the words winning. I can see, uh, I can see Boston sending a message, and and I, I can see both sides right now. It's gonna be fascinating to see what happens though. But um, that place will be rocking, and I'll probably lose my hearing and be talking way louder next week. So can't wait. Yeah. Well, Rucker, plug away. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. I'm at NoCeilingsNBA.com. I'm going to be jumping back in with a lot of articles coming up. Um, I've been done with doing all this YouTube nonsense. It's been awesome. But, you know, now that I'm done with video editing, I'm going to be writing. I'm going to be jumping back on that. So be checking out uh, the site next week for some more content, some of my pieces. I'm pretty excited. I'm going to just get it all out. we get all the stuff out, Metcalf. And the draft is in two weeks, less than two weeks, when you probably hear this tomorrow while you're driving in your car. It's awesome. Less than two weeks, we got we're, we got some special announcements coming up. We're, we're getting pretty pumped for that. This whole cycle has been amazing. Metcalf, thank you for doing this with me. It, I get look forward to it every week. It doesn't even feel like it's a, a job or work. It just feels fun. So I appreciate it, and um, I love you all, and go Celtics, of course. Well, once again, I am Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find our draft guide and all of our merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. And you can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's free. Just hit that subscribe button while you're there to make sure that all of our stuff gets delivered directly to your inbox once we publish it. You can follow us on Twitter at noceilingsnba where Rucker will be sharing out a whole bunch of graphics with stack comparisons and rankings um, over the next two weeks. And make sure to follow us over there to keep your eyes out for um, our draft live stream news. We will be live streaming. We will have more details coming in the near future. Very, Uh, very big news coming. I promise. Don't miss out on that one, folks. It's going to be fun. Um, And you can follow us on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.